Hello, Fally. Uh, I'm Jeffrey Yu, and with Lou Primack, my partner, today we're going to be interviewing Stephen Pham of Y Combinator. He's here to talk to us today about the startup scene, what it's like, and the famous people he's worked with. Right. So, I mean, we can just start with the first question. Um, so, like, how big would you say is the Y Combinator sort of community? Sure. Um, so, since 2005, um, Y Combinator has funded uh, about 3,500 companies. Oh, no, wait, I've got those numbers mixed up. <laughs> um, so Y Combinator has funded um, over 400 companies, and we're about 3,500 founders uh, strong as part of the community. Well, yeah, that's really interesting. So um, like those founders and those companies, like what sort of geographic locations do they come mm -hmm. from? Yeah, um, so majority of the founders are still from um, the United States, but uh, roughly around, in, in the more recent batches, roughly around 30% or a third of each batch has been from international. Um, so they're from all over the world. Countries like uh, you know, South Africa, um, Brazil, uh, Southeast companies come from Southeast Asia, a lot from Vietnam, a lot from India, um, a lot from Europe. Um, so yeah, really pretty much all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. So how do you like, um, how do they, how do you find out about those companies? We, we do throughout the year, we do, um, quite a bit of outreach, uh, something we've been stepping up a lot recently. Um, we do a lot of things like school tours. We used to just do, we used to just visit colleges throughout the United States, um, during the off periods between batches. Uh, lately, we've been doing longer trips overseas, so we've gone to hosted events in India, a lot of these bigger startup pubs that are outside of the United States, um, and we, we hold a lot of the same things. So we have like a dinner and a talk and have office hours with local founders and companies and sort of just try and help them um, figure out ways to run their company. Uh, and, and that sort of has been most of what we've done um, as far as outreach, uh, and we're trying to do things that scale a bit better too. Um, especially with more and more alumni that aren't from the United States, they're starting to host their own sort of events sort of in their spaces in their respective countries. So um, so a lot of it's been uh, a lot of work from our alumni, which is really great. And <coughs> we're starting a bunch of different programs like Startup School, for example. Um, like the podcast, something that we started maybe about a year and a half ago, um, as well as more like blog pieces uh, that deal with more technical stuff um, is pretty much our approach to the sort of outreach. Yeah. Um, and like more on that sort of like the outreach part. Mm -hmm. So do you have like numbers or do you know how like far reaching, you know, your like startup school or these other like podcasts have been? Um, I don't know the numbers on top of my head for pod the podcast that's run by uh, my coworker, Craig. Uh, but for startup school, I know that the school itself, uh, the program we had, uh, so we had about 3,000 companies go through it for the first oh. one last year um, and of those the participants were from 141 different countries so we have people tuning in from pretty much every corner of the world uh, watching these videos and sort of interacting with the community that we created and um, and sort of just tuning in for office hours with their mentors that's really interesting um, so I know that Y Combinator like funds a lot of companies. Mm -hmm. um, what's the sort of success rate, you know, um, of these companies? Like, in terms of whether they 
make it and like become a company that is like has continued prosperity or mm-hmm. like whether they uh, end up crashing at some point in their mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so of all the companies we've invested in since 2005 um, I would so there's a total of 1450 I've got the number now 1450 companies we've funded um, 1100 are still alive today since 2005 so yeah the, I guess the um, you know the definition of success uh, is, is hard for a startup hard to define in that sense just because sort of the the time it takes for a company to become you know what you well like mainstream would consider successful like for example a billion dollar company is along the lines of like 10 plus years and so it's it's a very long time and you know startups are hard work and it takes a ton of time and tons of like tons of people to get it to that point um so i would say um yeah uh about 300 companies have gone under so far since 2005 uh, of the 1100 companies we have i believe 10 that are worth more than a billion dollars um and about 60 that are worth more than 100 million um and some of our bigger companies uh you may know like airbnb um, dropbox instacart um uh, Twitch, which was recently acquired by Amazon, um, Cruise Automation, which does self-driving cars, that just got picked up by GM. Um, so, so we have a handful of companies that are sort of getting to that point, um, and it's been you know almost ten years for them. So it it takes a while. Yeah. Interesting. Um. So, would please like try to explain to me like <laughs> if you if you I don't think there is anyone who doesn't know why Combinator is, but uh, if you were to meet someone who just has no idea what Y Combinator mm-hmm. is, how would you sort of explain that to them? Sure. Um, the one-liner is uh, Y Combinator is a startup accelerator. Um, and yeah, if you're not part of the Bay Area startup, startup scene, you're like, what is that? Um, basically, what we do is we fund early stage companies. Uh, and the way we do it is we f- we do it twice a year. Uh, we call them batches. So right now, we're in the middle of the uh, winter 2018 batch. So twice a year, we invest a small amount of money, $120,000, into a large number of startups. Uh, And each batch, we've been averaging about 130, 150 companies per batch for the past uh, year or two now. Um, So that's about 300 companies a year. Uh, And we we invest $120,000 for 7%. That's just our standard deal. And um, the program itself is is like a three-month program. We, companies who who have applied and have interviewed and are accepted into the program, we uh, invite them to come move to the Bay Area and basically just join us for weekly dinners and office hours in Mountain View for the three-month period. And at the end of it, it culminates in something we call Demo Day. And Demo Day is a day where um, these companies have about a minute and a half, two minutes to put together a pitch deck, um, get on stage and pitch to a room of about 500 investors, as well as thousands more that are live streamed to online. Um, and that's that's basically the gist of the program. Um, it lasts three months, but for all of the alumni and all the founders that go through the program, <coughs> we support them throughout their entire uh, company's lives, um, and well after that as well. Wow, interesting. So, I mean, hearing that you have about like a hundred, one hundred thirty companies mm-hmm. um, per batch, that sounds very competitive. So, how do you what what is what are the sort of like selection criteria for these companies? Ooh, selection criteria is uh, so it's interesting. Um, just, just topically, people assume that we we go by just like interesting ideas or um, you know uh, the next trend. 
Uh, but honestly, the thing that we look for most when we, we look at companies and, and founders are just the founders. So as I mentioned earlier, you know, companies take like a long time to get to any sort of like uh, large scale success, right? Um, and so what we're looking for is sort of founders that um, have like deep insights, uh, are scrappy, and can, you know, can, you know, stick with the company for that extended period of time um, for, for, for the long run. Founders who, uh, you know, know everything there is to know about what they're working on um, are almost obsessive about this market or this product um, and, you know, have, are good on their feet. You know, there's always things that change um, <coughs> that could really put a company under, like whether it's like federal regulations or if there's a change in the economy, for example. Like things like these are, are, are obstacles that founders face like all the time. Um, and so what we look for is just a founder that can, you know, adapt. Uh, a founder who can, um, you know, just roll with the punches, so to speak. Um, and that's what we mainly look for in companies. Not so much the idea, even though that's quite important as well. But for the most part, if the founders are really great, then we invest in the founders. Interesting. Yeah, so uh, more along those lines, um, trying to think back to one of your most like memorable successes or failures, um, or like working with someone who had a either a, a, like a gigantic success or mm -hmm. sort of like a really terrible failure. <laughs> I stories for um, huge failures are. I don't know if I'm. I can really share. Um, those are more like off the record stuff. But I, I do have a, a story that I always think of when when I'm at when I ask this question is sort of the story of the Airbnb founders. Um, basically, when they were running this company. Uh, running their company at first, it was just literally just an air bed um, in their in their living room um, because they were running low on cash and they were they're living in San Francisco, rents are high, um, and there was like a convention down the street. It was like, hey, why don't we just try and you know put an air bed and put it on like Craigslist or make like some site and like start you know advertising it to these people looking for rooms in San Francisco, um, see if they pay us like eighty bucks to sleep on an air bed and we'd feed them like pop tarts for breakfast, right? Um, so this was something that, you know, at first glance is like, this is a bad business, right? Like airbeds, you're renting airbeds out right now, right? Um, and so that was something they started doing, uh, just try to make ends meet. Um, and then they realized that um, there were like tons of conventions in San Francisco and other conventions around the United States that I can try and do this at. Um, and around this time, while they were trying to like launch this and build all these things, they weren't working. They were working on this full time, and they had accrued like, I believe it was forty thousand dollars in like credit card debt, um, which is a bad idea. That's like I wouldn't recommend that to anyone, right? We say do things that don't scale, but these things are like, oh, you're really towing the line here, right? Um, and so around this time, where they're like super into this debt. Um, was also around the same time there was a 2008 DNC convention. Um, and they realized that, you know, we need to figure out a way where we can, like, you know, cater to these people because this is going to be massive. This is, like, when Obama was, like, you know, the big thing. Everyone was, like, going to th these things to, like, see him. And, like, um, he had a lot of supporters, all those things. Um, and so what they did was they, they were, like, art students. Uh, they went to an art school, so they went... Uh, um, I forget the name of the school, but I think it's RIT. Um, and and so they were like, oh, maybe we can make sort of these 
cereals. Uh, basically, we repackaged them, designed a new box uh, that that they named Obama O's for one, and uh, I forgot the one they made for uh, McCain. Um, but basically, they, they had like these uh, funny like pun names for each of these. Uh, and maybe it was like Captain McCain's or something like that. Uh, but basically, they, they made these boxes uh, of cereal and went to these conventions and actually started selling them. And um, this was like their lowest point, like in their in their their uh, company uh, history. Uh, basically, they're forty thousand dollars in the hole, and um, they're living off of ramen uh, and trying to like figure out ways where they can pay off this you know forty thousand dollars worth of debt. Um, and so they brought this to the convention, and you know this these things sold out. Like they they sold out. They made thirty k. Um, and we were able to pay a bunch of that money back. Um, and that was like the story that they told us when they applied to YC. Um, and we we're like, wow, that's like, that, I wouldn't recommend that to anyone, but hey, you guys pulled it off. And that's like something that we really look for in founders, something founders that are super scrappy, right? When you're at that point where you're, it's either your company's gonna die or like you can, you know, do this last like Hail Mary and see what works. Um, <clears throat> they did what they could to keep their company alive. And so I think that, it's probably the story that stands out the most for me. It's just, wow, these guys really went there <laughs> and did that, <laughs> you know? And uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, and from just renting out airbeds and serving Pop-Tarts, they're now this uh, $30 billion company. So um, I think that's, that's a pretty good story. Yeah. Um, so think back through your, through your years in Y Combinator. Mm -hmm. um, who would you say is the most memorable person you've worked with and like why were they so memorable mm. um so i would say right at the beginning of my uh basically before i uh the year before i joined y combinator um <clears throat> i had previously been working at a uh, biomedical company down in san jose as like the second team member on um uh, we were building virtual dissection tables um and we have one at stanford right now actually um I was working there for a couple of years before that uh, and sort of built out the team, the production team, and got, and I, at that point I got pretty bored, I would say, um, looking for new things to try out, uh, learn new things and explore different um, industries. Uh, and sort of startups had always been like something I was interested in. Um, and coincidentally, one of my friends from college, his brother was looking for a chief of staff for his uh, startup fund um, called Initialized. Uh, which is run by Gary Tan and Alexis Ohandy from Reddit. And, um, and so Gary was my friend's brother. And I was like, so I got introduced to him because my friend was also getting married at the time. Um, and it was all, it was just, that was, that was history. And uh, I started working for Gary, um, commuted to San Francisco every day, and really just started learning from him. Uh, he showed me the ropes when it come, came to startups, you know, investing, um, sort of running a successful company, and sort of different things that you look for in founders and, and when you're running your own company, sort of things that you should be mindful of. Um, and it really got me uh, into, you know, meeting a bunch of different people, different founders and sort of different backgrounds. And it was really interesting to me because startups were sort of this like, this area where it's like a level playing field. Everyone starts, you know, from the bottom. And it's, it's up to you and how hard you, how much time you put into it and uh, how much resources you devote to it that really takes it to the next level. Um, and so, yeah, I would say Gary Tan would be the most memorable person I've worked with, and I still see him once in a while, but um, yeah, he sort of like sowed those, those seeds for me. 
uh, and that's why I'm so interested in startups now. Um, actually, so sort of along those lines, would you say that uh, you think you've influenced anyone in that way uh, that Gary Tan did for you? Um, huh, <laughs> I haven't thought about this one. <laughs> Sorry, question. Um, I don't know off the top of my head, but I would hope so. Yeah, I've talked to lots of people over the years, and, and I hope, you know, someone has listened to <laughs> what I've been talking about. It's like, oh, maybe I will try my hand at starting a startup. So, um, yeah, I think so. So what sort of lessons or advice would you give to sort of uh, people who are interested in creating a startup from mm -hmm. your growth and, like, watching these, like, startups sort of grow? For sure, yeah. Um, my biggest point of advice would be... Um, it's pretty basic, just start now. Uh, you know, ideas, they come and go. You know, we can, we can sit around and think of a bunch of ideas now, um, and you know, there's, there are a dime a dozen. But the difference is like, whether having an idea and then having an idea and taking it and actually making it something is the differentiator. Um, so if anyone who's interested in starting a company or starting a startup, I would say, you know, just do it. Just figure out a way where you can get some kind of product or some sort of value add for, um, the demographic that you're trying to serve uh, or people who have this problem that you're trying to solve. Um, basically just get something in their hands, talk to them, learn as much as you can, fail as much as you can. That's the fastest way to learning and that's the great thing with startups is that you can move fast. And so, you know, just don't be afraid. Just go out there, put things in people's hands. It's fine if they hate it, you know, then you learn something about that, right? Learn why they hate it and just monitor and like measure everything so that you can learn from all these mistakes. Um, and that would be my biggest point of advice. And that's something that you know founders can take throughout the entire career of their uh, company, right? It's just talking to users, you know, iterating as fast as possible, just getting new things out there and just getting as much feedback as possible and um, using that to, to improve your product or change the product, whatever it is. Um, and that's, that's really it, just, just get to doing it. So um, I realized there is, so in this like sort of Trump era mm -hmm. sort of administration, we've seen some sort of volatile market, mm -hmm. like uh, this like sort of volatile market trend. Um, has that sort of like influenced the Y Combinator companies at all? Or has anyone gotten caught up in sort of the euphoria of buying anything or the sort of falls? Um, I mean, I think like with any, with any industry, uh, changes in, you know, the market, um, make customers less likely to spend money, right? Um, so so one of the great things about, you know, having sort of this adversity for companies is that they really have to find ways where they add value to, uh, to their customers that, you know, they're like, oh, I will pay for this, even though, you know, my stocks are crashing 20% today, right? Um, so it's, uh, I, I don't know off the top of my head if there's any companies that have been directly affected by it. I'm sure there are. Um, but for the most part, what I find super interesting when it comes to this is that the increase of startups that work try to figure out, you know, how we can go around this problem. Um, you know, for example, you know, crypto is a thing that is on a lot of people's minds and they, they had a pretty big downturn as well, right? Um, and they, so, so people are always trying to find ways where uh, their consumers can sort of get into uh, building other value. Um, and that's that's the cool thing about it, I think. Uh, 
so yeah, um, I would say, you know, the the sharing the 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 sharing economy has actually really boomed from this because people are starting to depend on each other rather than like these bigger corporations and stuff for things like uh, renting a place, for example, Airbnb. Um, that got really big because people were more into sharing with each other. Um, same with like Uber and Lyft, things like that. Um, it's 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 an interesting trend in sort of how people use products um, and what people trust now, right? It's more so like we trust the person across the street rather than the person that's that we see on TV, for example. Um, and uh, so I think I think uh, the recent market crash probably did adversely affect quite a bit of companies, but um, I think you know what we teach at YC is you know, roll with punches and, and figure it out and figure out how you can, you know, pivot or change your product in a way that, you know, both serves you and your customer. Uh, so I think we should, uh, I'm going to move on to asking some questions about the startup <laughs> school in particular. Sure, yeah, sure. I know you're uh, the director of that, actually. Yeah. Um, so, like, why did you see a need to create this sort of startup school? Mm-hmm. Um, so startup school uh, came because we we realized that with the, um, it's a, it basically was a, a good way to scale sort of our reach to, to startups. Um, for the main YC program, we couldn't really, um, well, one of the things is for the main YC program, we require that all accepted companies have to move to the Bay Area um, for the three months. And while this is, is doable for a lot of companies, there are much more people that can't really take out three months and, and move across the world and just live here if they have like family or, or school or like bills to pay, things like that. So we wanted to make, we wanted to marketize sort of the access to like startup resources. Things that, you know, today in the Bay Area, a lot of people take for granted just because it's like everywhere, right? Uh, but like with, with uh, companies, for example, in Southeast Asia or like in Africa, um, where internet access is new now and um, is, they're getting more access to it, uh, and more startups are start, uh, started to pop up in these areas. Um, we wanted to make it a way where you know, these companies can still get access to these resources um, and still be able to have some mentorship and some advice and some sort of place where they can come to and talk to a community and sort of learn um, on how to run a successful company or how to like really get their things off, get their companies off the ground. Um, a lot of these countries sort of like they're just that first part, like oh how do I um, you know, how do I get my first user? How do I get my first customer? Um, how do I register my company? Like, what what should I be doing here, right? Things like that. Those are things that are like, I feel like we felt like were barriers um, for a lot of these countries, a lot of these people who don't have that access um, into starting a startup. So we started Startup School so that we can give them sort of that access all in one place. Um, and that, that mainly is the, the main reason for Startup School. Well, I mean, I guess you already asked this, <laughs> but like, what, what is your sort of end goal for the startup school? Yeah, uh, the end goal for startup school um, is twofold. So one, uh, just one, democratizing sort of access to startup resources, uh, whether that be mentorship, community, or, um, for example, uh, credits for uh, AWS or Azure, for example. Uh, a lot of those companies work with us to, to offer sort of these benefits. Um, to, to these founders. But the second thing that we really wanted to do was build this uh, this large community. We wanted to build this standalone community where all these founders from around the world can sort of just like get together or, or just virtually ask each other questions and help each other out. 
Um, like I said, a lot of with the the increase in like internet access and uh, you know tools to really build companies quickly. Um, sort of startup communities around the world are still very small. Uh, for example, a founder in Africa probably wouldn't know another person starting a startup. Um, so that's that's one of the things we wanted to do with startup school, and that's one of the main goals is sort of building this like network where you don't need to know someone down the street, but you can just go online and sort of ask for help, and people would be willingly. Uh, would be willing to help you, um, and that's that's the main goal. Yeah. So, um, like hearing you talk about this, like sort of community of founders, mm-hmm. how do you how are you trying to like expand this community? Um, so, what we're trying to do is uh, one again, uh, we're just going to be piggybacking off of a lot of our outreach tours, um, targeting a lot of students, just because you know you have other commitments, um, for example, school. <laughs> um, and you can't just take time off. So we wanted to help really, um, really, really early founders figure this out. Uh, and then we're also, um, you know, make constantly trying to figure out more and more content that we can add to this program. Um, and it's it's free, completely free, and uh, shared online at startupschool.org. Uh, shameless plug. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and 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 that's what we want to do. So we basically right now we're just starting with just making a all in one place for resources. Um, we've, we've, we've written a lot of pieces over the years, and so we're all trying to put it all together in, in a way that's easily digestible. Um, and so that's the main part. We're trying to do that and sort of sharing that with our alumni and sort of people in their direct ecosystems um, and getting that out. Cool. So um, I'm not sure if you have this sort of data, um, but try to think back. To see if there are like any memorable stories you have about <laughs> like startup school graduates or in particular. Uh, so this is a hard one because we didn't work with them directly. So they would be part of um, they would be working with a mentor. Generally, these are uh, alumni from Y Combinator. So they would give up their time to sort of hold office hours every week with founders around the world. Um, and so uh, I would say, like off the, like. The one that I think of right now is um, someone I see actually uh, once a week because they're at the dinners and they actually made it from startup school into the Y Combinator program. Um, and they work on uh, sort of um, like a haptic feedback glove for like VR and things like that. And that, um, when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, this is cool, but I've seen so many of these and they're also bad. <laughs> you know, they either don't work or, you know, um, they really haven't thought about how they would like make money off of this. Um, but these guys, these guys were from from Eastern Europe somewhere. I can't remember the country, but um, yeah, they really they really made something cool, and they have working demo, and they're already starting to roll out things. and And I'm actually going to be playing with one next week, hopefully. Um, so, so th- I think that would be the most memorable success from startup school so far, though that's very early stage of success. Um, and just a couple of numbers from the school, startup school so far, we had 14,000 applications. So 14,000 companies from around the world applied. Um, we were only gonna accept 3,000. And from there, um, about 56% completed the course. Um, so this is all online. And so we just, uh, by attendance and uh, um, joining us for those office hours. Um, and from those 1,500, I believe, about 17 companies actually made it into the last batch in this batch. 
So I would say they're, yeah, I, I would say they're on a pretty good trajectory so far. Um, and the program still is very early. We're doing our second course end of this year. Um, but I'm, I'm just trying to um, keep a close eye on it and see how they do throughout the years. Yeah. I'm just curious really quick. Mm -hmm. So are the teachers at the start of school, are they like volunteer uh, people from other companies mm -hmm. that just take time off to yeah. teach other people? So we have, uh, so the course itself, we have lectures every week. We have two lectures a week, um, and these lectures are taught by uh, a, a wide range. So they're generally YC partners um, or startup founders from the area. We've had, uh, you know, or, or other investors, um, basically just people who have been in the startup space for a while. They teach things like how to measure, why to start a startup, things like that, um, the very early age things. And then uh, in addition to that, um, all the participa participants in the course are assigned to a group. And these groups are managed by uh, what we call an advisor. Um, these advisors are, yes, they're volunteer. Um, they're uh, from our alumni network. Um, and they basically hold office hours every week and sort of answer questions and things like that that come up um, as these uh, companies check in and update them with their progress. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. That's, about, that's about all the questions we have. Awesome. <laughs> um, no, that was, that was pretty thorough. Yes, cool. That was awesome. Cool. I mean, if you'd like, we can we can we can put a, a last shameless plug. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last shameless plug. Um, <laughs> so YC, we're actually accepting applications now uh, for the core program, um, for the the summer program, uh, which starts in June. Um, but applications are open now, so if anyone's interested in applying, uh, it's just at apply.ycombinator.com, um, and if you want resources and reading up on startups and, and sort of how to start a startup and why you should start a startup or just weighing your options, check out startupschool.org. Uh, we've got plenty of content there um, and uh, and much more. All right. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank thanks, guys. Yeah. Hey, Pally. If, if you really like that and you really like the sound of people just talking, uh, make sure to check out Theodore and Jared's podcast, In the Studio. Uh, their uh, latest episode is talking about the Spider-Man movies and ranking them all from the worst to possibly the greatest.